This is Miranda Miller. And this is Tom Craver from SEW Weekly. WebmasterRadio.fm has a new way for you to listen, connect, and learn with your smartphone. Introducing the new WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, now available on the iTunes Store or on Google Play. Listen to SEW Weekly live every Thursday or download thousands of past episodes and download shows like SEO Rockstars, Search Pulse, The Daily Searchcast, and more. You can download the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app right now. It's available on iTunes and the Google Play Store. From the newsroom of SearchEngineWatch.com, the authority on search engine marketing and social media since 1996. Welcome to SEW Weekly. Each week, our hosts keep a virtual eye on the stories and people that are impacting search and social marketing, breaking down each headline with expert analysis. Plus, we'll bring you expert interviews exploring the latest search and social marketing tips and tools. Listen, connect, learn. SCW Weekly, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are your hosts. And welcome to SEW Weekly. This is the January 10th, 2013 episode. For those of you listening on the podcast, Tom Craver here from SearchEngineWatch.com. Along with me, again, finally, for the first time this year, Miranda Miller. Miranda, welcome back, babe. Thanks, Tom. So happy to have the team back together again. It's kind of been, you were on vacation, I was on vacation, you were on vacation. It was weird. And I'm going away next week, too, but I'm so proud that you remembered to say 2013 because I haven't yet. I've been writing 2012 <laughs> on everything. Yeah, I've got a thing on my sheet here. I made a point of putting it big and underlined, and so, yeah, no. Oh, good um, for you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. All right, so we'll miss you next week again, but, you know, that's all right. We're glad to have you, at least for this week. Um, it seems like every time I'm coming, you're going somewhere. It's just kind of weird in this world lately. Um, yeah. We won't we won't go there. Um, so this is this is the big thing this week, um, and it was it was being announced actually. The uh, the FTC was announcing this last week as we were getting on the air. Um, but the basic gist of this is the the U.S. Federal Trade Commission has basically turned off their big long 19 plus month investigation into Google. Um, it was expected last week, and as expected, they certainly did that. What was the exact ruling, Miranda? Um, there's quite a few different aspects of it. So on the question of search bias and Google promoting its own vertical properties within its search results more prominently than competitors, Google was off the hook on that one. Um, the FTC actually said, we find that the evidence presented at this time does not support the allegation that Google's display of its own vertical content at or near the top of its search results page was a product design change undertaken without a legitimate business justification. Rather, we conclude that Google's display of its own content could plausibly be viewed as an improvement in the overall quality of Google's search product. So basically, they're saying it's better for users. Um, whether or not it's harming competitors doesn't really seem to matter. Then a second point was um, there were allegations that Google manipulates its search algorithms to harm competing vertical websites. The FTC also said there is insufficient evidence here, noting that universal search type results can plausibly be viewed as an improvement in the overall quality of Google search results. Sure they can. <laughs> right. So, yeah, we have Christine Schashinger here to talk about all of this, these developments, or I guess you'd say a lack thereof, because it seems like 19 months is really wasted. <laughs> Welcome, Chris, to the show. <laughs> Christine, so what, I, I, I know what you're going to say, and I know that so the tongue is going to be firmly in the cheek, but what do you think of this ruling by the FTC? Uh, <laughs> well, um, 
you know, Google always wins, don't they? It, it seems like that, don't they? Don't they? Yeah. So I didn't expect it to be any different. It seems whenever they're taken to court, they always seem to, to come out on top. I so didn't what is expect that it would be looked into, especially after they had done a preliminary investigation. And two of the senators involved in that specifically asked for this, this longer investigation, saying it was pretty evident that Google either was at the time or would be in the very near future using their power to harm competitors. So I was really surprised that this just kind of went away. So Chris, speculate on this. What does this mean for consumers a bit here? The FTC ruling? Um, That's hard to say, but I mean, it does mean obviously a reduced competitiveness in the Google vertical engine. And then uh, Google does have a heavy lobbyist group. So obviously um, their lobbyist group is a very powerful group because whenever these these, uh, cases go to court, they always seem to win. I haven't seen any time they've ever been called up, no matter what the the body they've been called in front of, I've never seen them lose. So, um, but uh, Google's just an all-powerful machine at this point, aren't they? Well, we have seen them lose some defamation cases. Especially yeah, in France. Uh, they really don't like them in France. Well, I mean in the United States. I don't mean yeah. outside the United States. I'm talking about in the US, yeah. So does this mean that they're pretty much free to get into any vertical they want? So they're, they're doing reviews, they have comparison engines. Does that cover all of this? You know, I think, unfortunately, I'm not, I'm not a legal expert, so I think that gets down to the legalities that I don't have expertise in. Um, but I would say at this point, the vertical engine sounds like it's pretty much open. I don't know that the main engine is open, but the vertical engine sounds like it's, it's been given kind of a free space to play in. And what do you think, Tom? Did the FTC go far enough, or did they kind of drop the ball? They just dropped it. It's like they just stopped. I mean, it's, you know, you know we... <sighs> We, we see them asking about questions about why is this this is hurting small business this is hurting this this is hurting that and they basically all of a sudden said oops no I guess we were wrong and just shut up about it it was I for me personally this is a little unsettling because it's just too quick to just drop it completely and let's go on to something new and right and it kind of makes me wonder like are they is that just a free card for anything as long as they can say at some point it's better for the users and, and what is that based on? Is that Google's own studies? Is that independent research that says it's actually a better user experience? Because there are a lot of things that could harm competitors that you could say, well, it's better for users, but at what point is that not a good enough reason anymore? Right. And, well, and, and, go ahead, go Grace. Ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, I think it goes on the idea that we live in a capitalist society and Google is a private product, and we're not going to impede on the idea that a private product can do what a private product wants to do as long as, um, you know, you have options to do other things, so. You know, and on one hand, that's almost right. It is a private business. They have a product. You know, if, if, I, if somebody didn't like the way, you know, the, the software that I wrote works, we, you know, they, they have a right to use something else. And even if I build up 70-odd percent market share, you know, I mean, Microsoft had the same problem, too. I think Microsoft essentially got a completely different ruling than Google just got, though. You know, Microsoft was told, well, you have a monopoly. Well, that's not their fault that they built something better than, than Apple, although Apple's getting a bigger share now. But still, they they were told, you know, no, you're doing bad things. And Google was just told, oh, oh we'll just go away. We're fine. Better lobbyists, probably. 
Um, you know, last year, I mean, obviously at some level, Google has closer ties to uh, the, the government, um, not not implying anything, but uh, Eric Schmidt was almost named the Commerce Secretary last year. Right. So, yeah, so, and he is in North and, Korea. And now right he's now. in North Korea, right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so obviously um, they play better with the government than Microsoft did. So Clearly, clearly. Yeah. So Google did announce two product changes as a result of this FTC announcement. Um, websites can opt out of having their content, such as reviews, appear on Google Shopping, Google Flights, Google Hotels, and Google Plus Local. So their concession was basically, if you don't want to play, then you're free to take your toys and go home, which doesn't seem like a very logical um, solution for any business who wants to appear in the largest search engine on the planet. The other concession they made was that advertisers can more easily use AdWord campaigns data um, in rival third-party ad platforms using the AdWords API. So that's actually a good development. Right. The, the, in the history of um, companies, though, that have been given the Monopoly label, uh, Google has seemed to skirt it much greater than anybody else because Microsoft or AT&T or any of those companies got to this size and this level of reach and this level of influence. Um, obviously... Obviously, the other companies that got to this level uh, were given um, the Monopoly label, and Google has seemed to skirt it. All right, so then there's one last thing here, and, and, and like you just kind of alluded to, uh, Miranda, it did say, the official, the official statement did say that Google was allowed to put pretty much whatever they wanted to now inside their results. And the the court basically, or the FTC basically upheld that Google is free, and this is right from Google's blog, free to combine direct answers with web results. So the question becomes, is it possible that down the road, whether it's Google or another engine, will we see something come out that one might be an answer engine, similar to what Ask used to be back in the day, and one might just be a search? Because it's neat. I was looking at um, Isaac, which is Blecko's new mobile search product. I was looking at that earlier in the week, and it was really neat to see that when I asked it a question or I was looking for something, it actually found me, what a search engine is supposed to do, pages that had the answer to my question, not the actual answer to my question. Is there a use for that still? Chris? Um, I would say as a separate um, possibility, but uh, I think it depends. Google doesn't want to do it that way, though. They don't want you to ask a question. They want to answer it before you, before you ask it. Right. Um, and the new uh, edict that came out from, I forget his name, he just got uh, put in place this week, was that Google knows your emails. It already knows your conversations. It knows what you chat about. It knows your phone calls. Um, and that was like almost a direct quote. So it'll be able to tell from all those things what you know before uh, you need to know it. And so it will give that. And I think that's where everyone's trying to go. But I don't know necessarily that that's a positive. Yeah, I think that is where people are trying to go. And I think that's where, where the companies need to go because the people are demanding it. So there's so much more information out there that it takes us more information to make each decision. So I don't know that having a separate answer engine and a search engine is going to be the, the way that these companies are going to go. But I think more and more we're going to get into voice search and truly mobile search. So, you know, if people are using 14 or 15 different sources to make a buying decision, that has to all be available at their fingertips, 
mobile or, you know, mobile text or voice when they're searching. And I think that's what everyone's striving for right now. Right. One one type, one answer, one thing, and, and you're gone. You got your answer. Bing and decide is what Bing always says. And, you know, Isaac wants to do the same thing. And Google has always said, we know everything about you anyway. Let's just give it to you. And, and speaking of... Where, oh, sorry. No, I just, nope. I think, I don't think there's going to be one tool that will answer all of that. Because even when someone finds their answer, they're still going out to places like Urban Spoon or Facebook or TripAdvisor and looking for verification. So I think that's where the social and search really work together, and it's still going to be important to have those different data sources. And Absolutely. I think um, just, one, one, just one note on that. I think really what it's going to boil down to is the level of privacy intrusion that people are going to allow into their lives and when they're going to decide uh, is too much, too much, and when is enough, enough, uh, to what level they're going to be able to deliver those types of results. Perfect segue, Christine. And we're going to take a quick break real fast. But when we come back, we're going to have a little bit more with Christine and, and talk about just that, the privacy issue. This is SEW Weekly for January 10th, and you're listening to it on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned for more of SEW Weekly after this quick timeout. This is how you sell with social. Have you tried to do CPA conversions using social PPC and failed? <laughs> You're not alone. These days, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube require true specialists to dominate. dominate. <laughs> Aim Clear, the agency, brings definitive psychographic targeting, bleeding edge creative, killer content amplification to the social advertising table. Aim Clear, this is how you sell with social. Aim Clear, this is how you sell with social. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sword with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com It's good to be king. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Podcasting at the speed of sound. WebmasterRadio.fm. The flamethrower. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Welcome back to SCW Weekly, your home for search and social marketing news, views, and interviews, only on webmasterradio.fm. And welcome back to SCW Weekly. Tom Craver along with uh, Miranda Miller here. 
sitting uh, talking about the FTC and Google. And uh, our guest today is Christine Schechter. She is helping us decipher all this wonderful fun stuff. Now, the FTC pretty much just dropped off the face of the earth as far as their 19-month investigation into Google's antitrust stuff. And we talked about that a little bit and where that all went. And, and we've talked about, you know, people, Google Google knows everything about us and they, they want to provide one answer to us. So, Chris, you brought up the point right there before the break. Is this a privacy issue? Um, it depends on how people define privacy, but I, I believe so. And, and that is because uh, the NSA, NSTIC, the National Strategy for Trust Identity in Cyberspace, uh, Google is a credential provider of, and that is what Google Plus is. It's not a social network, it's an identity network. Uh, and the whole idea behind Google Plus is that you will have an identity that Google will provide um, credentials to other people and identify who you are online. So um, that is part of why they'll be able to uh, not just be a search engine, but be able to be um, the one who knows everything about you and provide things before you ask for them. So is that, that an issue for people? Should we be concerned with our own privacy as far as what Google knows about us and how they're going to use that? Well, the scary thing is most people, if you ask them, they're like, well, I don't do anything wrong, so why do I care about it? Um, but there's, uh, there's several things. One, the identity providers of the NSTIC are not governed by any laws except FIPS laws, which can be signed away by a term of service. And then in addition, um, the way that they've been weakening the laws on third parties who contain information about you or where you put your information uh, means that you could be uh, have all that information searched without a, without a warrant just by subpoena or even searched without even a subpoena. Um, or you can be searched by a warrant and you never know it, uh, even if it's just in relation to somebody else that you know. So maybe today you don't do anything wrong, but tomorrow they could change the law and now you have done something wrong and you now are under government investigation, police investigation, or even just under a divorce. Uh, now Facebook data is used tremendously in divorce cases. So what people don't think is an issue of privacy today, they find out in a court case tomorrow, they wish they had never uh, ever said that I don't care because I don't do anything wrong. Yeah, right. So real quick, we have two minutes here. Let me just ask one last question. I mean, is it possible I could be completely innocent of some things, but because I'm friends with somebody or because someone had a conversation with you at some point in time that I'm, I'm pulled into something or I get shut down or I get something happen to me? Well, it is possible. I, I don't know that this is the case that happened, but let's just say, for instance, I had a friend who doesn't like Obama. Like, he's not really a friend. He's someone I know. Uh, really, really dislikes him and said something threatening about him in a Facebook chat. And Facebook does monitor chats, IMs, and emails for criminal activity. Um, suddenly, within 24 hours, my Facebook IM and chats were shut off to me. I could hear them come in, but I could not see them. Um, he committed basically an, an act which, under the Patriot Act, could be investigated. I, as someone who's associated to him, would also be able to be investigated. None of these would require a subpoena or a warrant because of the comments he made. So under just that situation, my whole Facebook account could be subject to review um, and account. And if you look at what happened to General Petraeus, he was not the subject of that investigation. His what happened to him was only found because someone else was looking for emails in someone else's account. And under old um, the legalities under warrants, they wouldn't have been able to look under the other emails. They only would want to look at the emails that, that they were looking for. And they found out about his affair because of the new weekend laws under 
um, under the subpoenas and warrants, um, the legalities around subpoenas and warrants, and we were able to look through her entire email account and found out about his affair. So this is, let's take the technology element out of this. Let's just say, am, am I right in, in applying this correctly? So you and I have talked on the phone in the past, and all of a sudden, um, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, I get in trouble with the law, and because my number called your number at one point in time, you're, you can be investigated for this somehow? Uh, phone's a little different, but on Facebook, that data is always kept on Facebook if you've deleted it. So yes, on Facebook, that information would be there to be investigated. Uh, it only says they keep it for two years, it's different. So it's something we should certainly be worried about. I, I, I would presume that this would apply, because we started this conversation with Google, that this would apply to my Google Chats or any pluses that I do or conversations that I have and, and maybe even my emails too. Is that a possibility, you think? Oh, if you go to google.com forward slash, it will show you everything Google's storing on you right now. And all that information is subject to um, a legal situation. So it could be criminal or it could just be, uh, you know, if you go to court because a business person that you're involved with decides to get that data on a subpoena. So, uh, yeah, anything that you put online on a third-party system is subject to being used in a court of law, whether it's civil or whether it's criminal. Perfect. Well, I know you've got a meeting to get to, Chris, so I, I do want to let you get to that. I want to thank you very, very much for coming on and talking to us today about this issue. And uh, folks, everybody, Christine Schackinger, you can hear her speak at uh, SES. She's also a writer on SearchEngineWatch.com. And we thank you very much for your insight and taking the time to talk to us, Chris. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right, when we come back, we've uh, done this a little backwards today. We're going to have uh, all the news that's fit to print, pulling all the news from SurgeonEngineWatch.com that we talked about this week and uh, talking about it with you when we return on SEW Weekly on WebmasterRadio.fm. Stay tuned for more of SEW Weekly after this quick timeout. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is authoritylabs.com. You look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. 
TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Open your windows for a breath of fresh air. WebmasterRadio.fm And hey, Mac, we're here for you too. WebmasterRadio.fm, we're everywhere. Welcome back to SEW Weekly, your home for search and social marketing news, views, and interviews. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. All right, and welcome back to SEW Weekly. Tom Craver here along with Miranda Miller. And, you know, normally we do news ahead of time, but we uh, we wanted to accommodate our guest, Christine. We want to thank her again for being with us today. But uh, she had to run off. So all the news that's fit to print. Miranda, we got quite a bit of it this week. Uh, the, what What's first here? Google Google warning users in China, or stopped warning users in China apparently at this point now, that some of the words that they search for could get them kicked off the Internet? What's that all about? Yeah, we actually have two more pieces of Google News that were on Search Engine Watch this week. Um, the first was, as you said, Google stopped warning users that some of the words they searched could get them kicked off the net. They had been offering users a warning that if they searched for terms, um, and this is one of them included freedom, apparently that's a really bad search term in China. Whenever someone made such a search, it would tell them that their Internet connection could be interrupted. Um, they stopped issuing these warnings in early December, according to a report from the Chinese censorship monitoring group, greatfire.org, and they removed supporting information from it about, um, from this policy, from their about pages. Uh, Great Fire has speculated that it just might be due to pressure from the Chinese government, which no is a very way. real possibility. Huh. That's not confirmed, but that's, that's what we're thinking. I would have never guessed that the Chinese government would warn somebody not to do something. Incredible. All right, sorry, that was a little tongue-in-cheek. What else have we got about Google this week? They're actually starting to offer free Wi-Fi in some parts of Manhattan, which is some good Google news this week. Um, they'll be rolling out free Wi-Fi in the southwest Chelsea part of Manhattan, and it'll be available outdoors and in all public spaces in the area. So this comes after their decision to build an ultra-fast broadband network in Kansas City. Which is cool, actually, because now didn't, isn't that, now the Southwest Chelsea area, I think that's where they just bought that old, that old building, that's, that's where Google New York is now, down in that, that area of the city, so I bet you that's like an extension of their network there. Yeah, I can't wait till it comes up here to Canada. I won't hold there, my breath, but... <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't hold your breath, but we can certainly try to, you know, drive down into the Chelsea area, you know, when we go to SES in, uh, at the end of March, that would be fun. So what else we got here? You know, this one, this 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 one is just funny to me. The American Dialect Society has their word of the year for. I didn't know there was a word of the year. But the word of the year for 2012 is hashtag. Nice. Yeah. So Ben Zimmer, chair of the New Words Committee, they actually have a New Words Committee <laughs> in the American Dialect Society. Said this was the year when the hashtag became a ubiquitous phenomenon in online talk, in the Twitter sphere and elsewhere. Hashtags have created instant social trends spreading bite-sized viral messages on topics ranging from politics to pop culture. So that was the most important new word of 2012. 
that's awesome. Actually, it's really funny because I was I was talking to a, a professor friend of mine recently, and there was this um, local car wash franchise in in our region that actually had a hashtag um, salt bites on their <laughs> on their signs outside the car wash. And it oh. turns out it was a contest. And if you tweet pictures of your car with like a finger thing go cutting through the you know, the, the road salt basically and and gunk that's in your car in the winter up here in, in, the, in the northeast area at least, if you like put a hashtag and says salt bites and take a picture, they might retweet your picture and you'll win like free car washes. Well, that's really cool. That's a good use for it. I was that's just surprised what... that it was you know it was the word this year because hashtag has been around. I guess it's it's become more popular, but it has been around for a few years for sure. Well, you know, the mainstream is just, you know, finally catching up on that, I guess, now. And, right. you know, if the local car wash, yeah, I mean, really, there's only like five or six of these car washes in like from, from in like a 50-mile area. It's kind of neat. But it's it's weird. It's just a local car wash now is online. They never had a website for a long, long time. All of a sudden, they're doing hashtags and contests. And I'm like, mm-hmm. awesome. All right. So the other news this week, um, Blecko has a new search experience. It's called Isaac, I-Z-I-K, and it's basically an iPad and Android native app that is it takes the 10 blue links in a list and goes right away. It actually makes these neat tile grids that are, are quite quite interesting and under the hood is essentially Blecko's little slash tags, not the hashtags, the slash tags. That what makes That's what makes Blecko stand out from everything else. So these slash tags become now um, categories if you will. And um, a really neat way. I, I use the app, and it's it's kind of interesting because um, I kind of took them to task about local not being quite up to snuff. And quite frankly, I got corrected by the chief technical officer of, of Blecko, who said, um, no, here, look at this, and look at this. And if you type less words, you'll get more local search. And I was quite surprised at that. It was very, very cool. Wow. So, yeah, no, so it's really a good uh, chance to use it. Go. Uh, I, I'll definitely try it out. And on the topic of mobile apps... Um, over 1.7 billion were downloaded worldwide on the week of Christmas, so the 25th to the 31st of December. Um, that came from a mobile analytics firm, Flurry. They reported the final week of 2012 was actually record-breaking for the number of apps downloaded. The average number through December uh, per week was 1.07 billion. So That's a lot you know, of apps. almost another 0.7 billion. That's a lot of apps. All right, and there's one more piece of news that dropped this week, and um, I'm just going to tease it because we're going to talk about it next week. Hittail is back. And and what is Hittail, you might ask? Hittail is an old-school keyword tool that... um, it, it's it's basically it's an old school keyword tool. That's all I'll talk about right now. We're gonna have the new CEO, Rob Welling. He's gonna be on the show next week talking with us. And, and Miranda, you won't be here to join us, and I feel bad for that. But we'll carry on reluctantly without you. <laughs> I'm but not I leaving thank- forever. I'll be back the week after. There you go. But I want to thank you for joining us again, at least temporarily for this for this week. And you know, one of these days, you and I will go back on the same page and be here together for for an extended period of time. Sounds good. Awesome. All right. And that just about does it for the January 10th, 2013 episode of SEW Weekly. Remember, you can find us all over the place in the iTunes store for the podcast. You can find us from links from searchengineerwatch.com. You can find us in the webmasterradio.fm app. And of course, as always, right here on webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.